Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Most Mouth podcast. Uh, it's just me this week uh, with a guest, but uh, no co-host. Harry is in Bahrain ahead of this weekend's Formula One Grand Prix, the opening race of the season. Please, God, let someone else win it other than Max Verstappen. Um, and uh, and Tom McCluskey is busy in the midst of his uh, editing for all the uh, reviews and previews and so on that he's doing this weekend as well. So it's just little old me. And my guest this week is um, a content creator, a Formula One content creator from Australia who's made the move to the UK. Um, and it's been a hugely successful move for him. Um, he's signed to Veloce. Um, his name is Luke Sam. Um, go and give him a follow so you can find him on all the usual socials um, he's doing some great things hundreds of thousands of followers he's doing really really well um, we had a really nice chat about his content creator journey the move over from Australia to the UK and of course we dissect um, his thoughts on what's going to happen in the Formula 1 season this year um, and uh, and what's going to happen in Bahrain in the very short term so hope you enjoy the chat please do subscribe follow us like us, leave reviews. It all really, really helps. And we've got loads of exciting podcasts coming up over the next couple of weeks. uh, Laura Winter is coming on the show. Um, We've got uh, Cameron Daz um, and several others. Loads of great guests. Um, So keep tuning in and enjoy the show. Luke, welcome to the show. So first of all, we like to go back in time a little bit and find a little bit about our guests before we get into the nitty gritty. So I know from your accent, we know each other a little bit. You're not from these parts, are you? Where, where was home? Where did you grow up? What shaped you as a youngster? Um, no, I'm not from down in these ends. I'm from Melbourne, Australia, the the place that hosts the Australian Grand Prix, which is very exciting. Um, I've been making content since I was probably about 14. So wow. a little young chap sitting in any class I could, messing around with Photoshop, putting my mate's faces on Jar Jar Binks, as you do as a little kid. And um, yeah. from then, I kind of found this passion for, for videos other than photos. Um, my dad is a photographer, so he's, he's the JPEG version. 
and it seems that I've I've upgraded to the MP4 version, which is which is pretty cool. Excellent. So um, so your kids will probably be like an AI version or something like that, which is keep, <laughs> yeah. keep the development going. So where, you, you've got this young, you're, you're young, you're in Melbourne, you've got this passion for creating, but where mm-hmm. does the motorsport side of things creep up on you? It's interesting. Um, I'd been making content till I was about 20. Um, so, so the first six years, just putting out whatever I can, learning as much as I can. Um, and then I dabbled in Formula One, watching some highlights on YouTube and whatnot, and it piqued my interest. Um, but the the countless recommendations to watch Drive to Survive meant I had to watch it. I, I watched one episode, which which then flowed on to one whole season in a day, and from that point I was just absolutely hooked. Um, and then after a year of watching, I was like, why, why don't I just start making videos? Maybe that can be my niche, and it, it kicked off really, really fast. And now here I am because of that. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's mental. So, so Drive to Survive, was that your that was your trigger to start really getting into Formula One, which is interesting because we, we always hear about this drive to survive generation who have found Formula One through that show. So mm-hmm. was it, was it, what was it about that show that got you hooked? Was it just the storylines in the paddock and then you got interested in the racing side or, you know, how did that all happen? Yeah, it, it was definitely the storylines that came with it. Um, the, the drama filled everything. It's like real housewives, uh, but F1 drivers, um, and that's what that's what piqued my interest and made me look more into the racing and more into the personalities and then f- further flowed onto content. Yeah. Now, had you not found Drive to Survive, what would you be doing? Would you have just done content in another industry or sport or would content have always been your thing in one way or another? Yeah, content would have always been the end goal. Um, if it wasn't for Drive to Survive, if it wasn't for F1 content doing well, I don't know where I would be. I would probably still be working in retail in Australia. Yeah, yeah, it's not uh, the best place to be. No, you yeah, you don't want to be doing that. Um, as a creator, you've had a lot of opportunities. This this has allowed you to move countries. You've uh, mm-hmm. you've seen and done things that you probably wouldn't have imagined you could do a few years ago. What sort of opportunities has this afforded you in terms of your Formula One creator career? Um, it, it started with little things at the Australian Grand Prix, um, like little activation events, which was cool, and um, being invited to certain places. Uh, but I think my perspective was I need to put myself in the best place possible. So uh, threw a dart at a map and it landed on the UK. Um, and the opportunities here are incredible. It's led to special events that started like the Race Media Awards and the Autosport Show. F1 Arcade is here, which you don't get anyone uh, anywhere else. Um, and now, well, over the last week, it's been F1 Drive, Sky Sports events, which is still kind of surreal for me. It's the people I've been watching on TV and now they're on a stage in front of me talking absolute nonsense. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's very exciting. Now, uh, over the last couple of weeks, we've had all the car launches. Um, mm-hmm. What did you think of them? What I know there's been a load of chat around the the desi- delivery of the cars and the lack of it in some instances with the uh, the carbon poking through. Do you like the cars this year? Do you have a particular favourite? I do have a particular favourite. Um, it's a little bit left field compared to what everyone else has thought. Um, in terms of the car launches themselves, I thought it was interesting how last year there was a lot of waffle before the car launch. And then we got to see the car and everyone complained about it. Whereas this year, we saw more teams approach it like, here's our car. Especially Mercedes, it was the live stream starts. Here's our car. Lewis, tell us about your move to Ferrari. And people are complaining that it's straight into it and there's no waffle. In terms of liveries, my favourite this year is Alpine. And it was last year as well. Interesting. I think... 
less is more in in my books. Yep. Um, I think McLaren is too little, so there, there is a fine line. Um, but uh, I love blue and I love pink and I love purple. They're my three favorite colors, even though they don't run the purple. Purple's very close to blue. Alpine, okay, yeah, yeah, we'll take that. I mean, you're in the minority, lately, but we'll take it. Um, we've obviously just had testing as well. Yeah. Um, what do you think we can garner from that, if anything at all? Yeah, um, I actually have no idea what to expect. A lot of people think that they can they can read into testing and and try and pick apart everything, but it's like they're dangling a carrot in front of us. Um, we can't read into testing too much. We can't even read into the practices too much. It's not until this afternoon, really, where we see the cars going flat stick that we can kind of put different teams in different places. But off the back of that, I, I, it's sad to say, but I do think it's going to be another Max Verstappen domination, yeah. Yeah, I have a feeling you may be, you may be right. Um, but there are some interesting team battles going on up and down the grid. Um, obviously, we have Haas, who are looking like they're going to be um, firmly rooted to the bottom of the pack. But what other battles do you see shaping up throughout the rest of this season? Um, I think starting at the bottom, you're right, Haas have looked really poor. Um, and they're not really known for developing their car either to, to great lengths. So if they're starting at the bottom, they're likely going to stay at the bottom. Last year, they, they did start towards the midfield, but stayed still, so they went backwards. Um in terms of the battles, I think it'll be a nice battle between, you know, the P6 to P9 teams, the RB, Stake, Williams, Alpine, if their car doesn't explode, um, and then sort of <laughs> more towards the top of the grid, P2 to P5, your Ferraris, Mercedes, McLarens, Aston Martins, and maybe a Sergio Perez as well. Um, but in terms of P10 and P1 in particular, I think it'll stay more or less Max Verstappen and, and Haas. And who's your dark horse for this year that could sneak a title? Uh, Lewis Hamilton, of course, every year. I think um, to, to reclaim his eighth, which would be amazing. Uh, but another dark horse would be just McLaren in general. I do like to see them do good. And being a fellow Aussie, you must be um, excited at seeing Oscar Piastri go again up against Lando Norris. Um, we could see a little team battle there and perhaps Norris being dethroned as the sort of, um, I guess, unofficial number one of that team. But how impressed have you been with Oscar Piastri? He is. He's very good and he's very calm. He's very quiet. Um, a lot of people, when when something happens, uh, they'll get anger over the team radio. I don't think I've seen that from Oscar. Even when um, Carlos clobbered into the side of him in Spa, very, very relaxed. Um, you could take my predictions with a grain of salt. I thought that Nick DeVries was going to be Rookie of the Year last year over Oscar Piastri. No, I think his resume was good and, and absolutely yeah. come back to bite me. Yes. Um, I, th I think if Oscar does keep up those performances, those not they're not always amazing, but they're consistent. Um, I think he might find himself butting heads with, with Lando because he's very top dog at McLaren. Like, this is my place. Turning our attention to Red Bull and Sergio Perez um, specifically, <sighs> What do you think is going to happen with him this year? He wasn't there um, at anywhere really close to Verstappen's level last year. Um, he's not quite got it at the moment, has he? What are your thoughts? No, it's not at the level that, that Red Bull need him. Um, we saw at the start of last year, he, he was there for, for two races um, and then the championship talks kind of kind of ramped up, but I, I never really bought into it. I do think he's a class driver, but not everyone is built for a world championship. And I... I'm sorry, I just don't think Perez is that guy. If, if he can't keep it up, um, if he can't be where Red Bull need him, a lot of people in my streams have dabbled with the idea of a driver swap between him and Ricardo, which 
Ricardo up to Red Bull makes sense, but in terms of a swap, they would I think they would get Liam into that RB and just kind of bin off Perez. Now we've got things being rejigged in 2026. There's a load of regulation changes coming in. Um, are you looking forward to that? I mean, what what's next year going to be? I know we're miles ahead of it, but 2025, everything's going to be, you know, closed up. All the teams have got used to the current regulations. It's probably going to be quite a tight year. It might be quite a good year, but 2026 should be quite exciting. Are you looking forward to those changes? I am. I'm not fully inept with, with what changes are coming, uh, but if I know anything about regulation changes, um, there's always a dominant team and the other, others are playing catch-up. Um, in the same breath, uh, McLaren's new wind tunnel and Aston Martin's new warehouse factory should mean that 2026 new regulations, if they're already looking into it, they should be starting towards the, the front of the field. Now, Luke, being a content creator is it's an unusual job, isn't it? And yes. it's, but it's becoming less unusual and there's a lot of people um, who want to be doing what you're doing and perhaps don't know how on earth to start, um, what they should be doing, but they know they want to create content. Have you got any tips or guidance for anyone listening that's sitting there going, I've got, you know, a few, a couple of thousand followers, but, um, but I want to grow. I want to do this full time. I want to, you know, move countries or, you know, create F1 content. How how can they go about it? What little nuggets can you feed people? Yeah, I will tell you, it's, it is definitely not easy. Um, but then again, if it, if it was easy, everyone would do it kind mm. of thing. Um, my advice would would more be just make content, just just put it out there. I think the more the merrier. Um, the more the more stuff you put out, the more you get an idea of of what people like. I was more fortunate in the way of what videos I put out to start with really accelerated my account pretty quick. Um, but I do know a lot of people who have tried just about everything uh, and it just doesn't quite work out. Um, yeah, so my advice would be just just pump out what you like doing and then you, you'll find a mix of what you like and what others like and you make that one and, and bang, you're in business. Yeah. And what does the future hold for you and your content? Have you got a grand plan? Like are you thinking years ahead or are you sort of taking every day as it comes? Um, I, well, I used to be someone who, who thinks years ahead. Um, but but now my, my main thing was put myself in the best position possible. So hence why I'm in the UK now. It's probably the hardest thing I've ever done, um, but is where I needed to be. So I'm here. Um, in terms of a grand plan, no, not really. My thing is say yes to everyone. This is my full-time job now. So I'm the most free man in Formula One content creation. Um, so it gives me the opportunities to do exciting things like this. And my, if I had a grand plan right now, it would be say yes to absolutely everything. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. So yes, opportunities come to you. Yeah. Um, and how was that move by the way? Cause that, that is a big thing to do to, to just, you know, up sticks and move to the other side of the world. How's that whole process been for you? Uh, the process has been easier than I thought. Um, it's the hardest thing was leaving, of course, like the actual act of leaving. I had 12 months to prepare. I prepared everything. The, the few days leading up to it were probably the most stressful days of my life in terms of packing all my things in boxes and putting it in a truck. Um, every, everything starts to feel like the last, the last time I take the dog for a walk, the last time I have dinner with my family kind of thing, uh, at least for, for a, a long time or a short time, who knows? Um, but Moving here has been easier. The settling in part has been a lot easier um, than I thought it would be. And I have to shout out my amazing 
housemates, uh, Blake, the Red Bull content creator, and, and Hannah Socials for WTF1, who also makes her own content. They've made it so, so easy, and it's actually been a blast living here. Oh, that's awesome. Good to hear. Um, now, we have a final three questions, uh, Luke, which we ask everybody, and they throw up okay. a myriad of different answers. <laughs> so the first one for you, what's got you excited at the moment? Doesn't have to be necessarily motorsport related, although it can be, but what's okay. got you going? Uh, the first one I'll, I will say isn't uh, motorsport related. I, I'm a man who loves good food. I love to cook. Oh, uh, yes. I, I, I'll wake up every morning and I, rather than putting cereal in a bowl, I'll cook myself a good breakfast. My go-to at the moment is just eggs on, on bagels. Absolutely amazing. Nice. Um, more F1 related. I have tickets to the Australian Grand Prix this year, which I'm kind of deciding whether I go. But um, I've been invited to the, the quad box by Quadlock and um, Glamour on the Grid, something I've always wanted to do. I like to dress up and make myself look nice. So um, that's something, another thing I'm looking forward to. Um, and just events in the UK as a whole, whether it's going to F1 Arcade just for fun or a Sky Sports official event, that really, really does get me excited. Excellent. And what's a lesson that your current job has taught you that you think everybody should learn at some point in their life? I like, I like this question. I like it. They're, they're getting much deeper. Uh, I, I'm, I'm one who will talk on a deep level with just about everyone. So it's not like I feel uncomfortable answering these at all. But um, the roommates that I shouted out before, I've scouted their help. So I've got three lessons, one from each of us. Um, the first one from me, um, effort compounds. So the more time you put into something, a lot of people think that effort is this linear line from A to B, uh, but I think it kind of, it starts off slow and it's a, I forget what the line is called. I was never too good at math. Exponential. It's an exponential Very, line. Oh, I like that. Yes. <laughs> um, the second one is... Blake, I think it was from Blake. Um, networking is a very powerful tool. It goes back to what you know helps, but who yep. you know will help you a whole lot more. And I think we can all take a, a piece or two away from you that you know just about everyone. And that must be extremely, extremely helpful, isn't it? It is. I mean, I, I, networking is a huge thing. And I I've, I do it with proper enthusiasm. I, I love it. Mm-hmm. And I, it isn't, it's not a skill that everyone has. And I think particularly... You know, there's a lot of people who who are in content creation who almost hide behind their screens and yeah. don't get out there and mingle and meet people. And you know, we've seen I've seen you at events. You know, we were at one the the other day at um, F1 Drive on the Spurs Stadium. You know, you've got to yeah. get out to these things, but you've also got to get to them and then work the room. Um, and it's made a huge difference to my life. Just you know getting out there and talking and sometimes it's hard isn't it because you especially if you're at a you know quite a big do or a posh do and there's a lot of important people there it's not easy to walk up to a stranger and introduce yourself and ask what they do um but if you can get over that and do it it's hugely valuable so yeah i'm, I'm fully on board with blake i think networking is a, a massively underrated skill in um in, in the in, an underused skill in the industry yeah. and i think it's something that's been lost a little bit as the generations have gone on and I think when I, there's a guy that we both know, Luke, racing pilot, who, um, I, see, I can't believe I'm about to say something nice about him, <laughs> but, he, but he, he's, uh, I work with him. You know him a little bit, I think. Yeah. And he's 21, 22 or something. And, you know, the confidence he exudes is rare. Like he, he'll, he'll, you could put him in front of anybody. I could put him in front of the CEO of a massive corporation mm-hmm. and he would feel comfortable. And it's a rare trait. I don't see that very often. So uh, completely on board with that. I yeah. think it's, 
Absolutely. Yeah. And the thing is, networking isn't for everyone. Some people don't want to. They just want to sit behind their camera and they, yeah. they just want to talk to it and it stops there and that's completely fine. But if you do want to take the next step, um, networking is very important. I know people who are very shy. I know people who can talk underwater with marbles in their mouth. So you're just going to find where you're at and kind of kind of push yourself a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. No, I'm fully on board with that. Okay, then what's Hannah's? Hannah's is, um, I th- maybe she might have learned that from, this from me and Blake, which is very exciting, but be open to working with other people. Two brains are more powerful than one. And I've definitely found that with myself, with my own content. When I'm locked in Australia, when I was locked in my room working with myself, you kind of get this tunnel vision, like this is what I want to do, and then and then you do it. Whereas collabing with people like my roommates, um, you kind of bounce off each other and, and your idea starts this big and it grows into something that's really amazing. Hannah made this, um, when, when the Lewis Hamilton news for Ferrari dropped, she made this this video and it started this big and it we kind of bounced off each other and it got nearly 8 million views on wow. Instagram, which is absolutely huge. So that, that lesson is a really, really big one. Yeah, no, that's great. And uh, yeah, shout out to Blake and Hannah. Um, final one for you, which again, you can go as deep as you like with this one, mate. Okay. What are you scared of? What am I scared of? Um, since moving, not not being able to afford rent. Never been in this yeah, yeah. position before. Very, very scary. Yeah. And now, uh, yeah. tall people, Tim. Tall people are scary. Tall people, tall people what, are like, scary. Ha- like Harry Benjamin? Yeah, well, I've never met Harry Benjamin, but the, the two tall people I've met since moving would be uh hayden and adam and my god yeah. some people Adam's deceptively to so this is this is hayden gullis right and, yeah. and adam sanderson yes so yeah hayden, hayden both of them deceptively tall <clears throat> especially adam they you look at him from a distance you think a uh, normal sized bloke and you mm-hmm. get up close and you're like my god he's yeah. tall <laughs> annoyingly good looking with a <laughs> and he knows it he knows it yeah they're, they're the oh, kind yeah. of people if we're standing up I, i'll get a sore neck looking at i'm yeah. i'm five seven right i'm not the tallest bloke but i don't consider myself the the smallest guy they, these guys are a next level <laughs> yeah giants well wait till you meet harry i mean harry so harry does this podcast with me he's in bahrain at the moment mm-hmm. so he's obviously not doing it this week but um he's huge he he's I'm bored of going on about it. I don't know why I bring it up so often. He's <laughs> he's six foot five, maybe, and and size sixteen feet UK. Wow, so, so close to yeah, a giant. I you, yeah, I mean, I've got size ten feet, sort of standard male feet. Yeah. Size sixteen. That's I mean, then, you'd have to get them custom made. He does. Yeah. Yeah. What, what he needs custom clothing. He's a huge human being. How he squeezes into a commentary box. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't strike me as, as such a tall person watching like the, the interviews on no. the weekend. Yeah. He's massive. Yeah, he's, well. I mean, he's worth, he's like a sideshow. It's worth going to have a look at him just to gawp at him and go. <laughs> yeah. Um, the first thing I'll say to him is Tim was right. He, you're huge. Like, what, are you, what are you waffling about? Um, what a big on, guy. on a more deep level, uh, I, I yeah. have, I have two two things that do scare me. One that used to scare me, but that I have got more inept with, and one that is is a constant fear of mine. Um, we were talking before about networking and and talking with other people. One thing that wasn't quite crippling, but was close to it, was social interactions for me. I like to think that I am much better now. Uh, I wouldn't mm. a few years ago. I wouldn't be able to have this conversation one on one, or be in a group setting and recognise when it's my turn to talk and my turn to laugh and my turn to listen. I think I get so overwhelmed with um, first impressions that if I yeah. mess it up, it's all I think about for for the next however long. Um, but in saying that, I've gone from someone who 
could sit at the dinner table and not feel comfortable talking to, I can talk to just about anyone now, which is, which shows if, if you're someone that uh, is scared of social interactions, there is books you can read, videos you can watch, or just like things that you can try in different social situations, which will get you to a point where you're comfortable. Yeah. Absolutely. No, that's really good to hear. And and there are, like you say, there are lots of tools available to try and help with that sort of thing. And and not least, like just finding a like a, a mentor. Mm-hmm. And and people are happy to do it. It's something I've discovered that um, you know, people are busy, obviously, but they're also happy to give up their time. And especially for young people who are, you know, trying to find their way in the sport um and 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 might struggle with confidence. There are people out there who are very, very willing to help and offer their time for free. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's, I think, like you say, it's just getting up and moving, isn't it? And mm-hmm. doing, um, a, and at some point putting your, your head above the parapet and just thinking, sod it, let's just give it a go. Exactly, exactly. Um, but that's really nice to hear. Well, listen, Luke, it's been really good to to chat with you, get to know you a bit better um, and talk through your, your journey and um, all the exciting things that I'm sure are still to come. Yes, um, thank you for having me. Enjoy Bahrain this you weekend. Too. Um, and hopefully we'll see someone other than Max on the top. (laughs) Fingers crossed. We can only pray.